0: hola everybody welcome to the unicorn millionaire podcast i'm your host charlie stover i'm a non-binary latinx money coach helping my first gen clients become millionaires i'm a formerly undocumented mexican-american and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world and i'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey i talk about personal finance money mindset Working unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey, y'all, I wanted to invite you to my next masterclass. That is going to be my Business Finances con Confianza class. That is January 18th. This class is for you. If you're thinking about starting a business, if you have a business, But you ask yourself things like, how do I know how much to pay myself? (laughs) How do I separate my personal and business finances to protect myself and not commingle finances? And how can I invest for retirement as a self-employed person? So these are questions that people have asked me because not only do I do money coaching, I also do business coaching and I've had business coaches myself and I love them very dearly. But I've noticed that in the business coaching world, a lot of coaches talk about their sales. They talk about the hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales that they made, and they stop right there. And I noticed that whenever I've talked to my friends about how much I have in sales, that, oh, I've had $60,000 in sales, and they're like, damn, you must be rolling in it. And then I realized that people think that the amount of money you have in sales is what hits your bank account, and that's so not true. There is so much that goes into managing your business finances and sales, how much money you're making. While that's awesome, it should be celebrated. And that's the point of you being in business is only one piece of the puzzle. You have to budget for taxes, how to pay yourself and business expenses, which are all just normal parts of any business at any level doing business. So This is something as a single income earner that I've really had to get a handle on because I don't have anybody co-sharing expenses with who can help me out. It's really up to me and securing my financial independence through my personal finances, my personal investments, but also being on top of my business expenses because entrepreneurship can be a wild ride, y'all. In December, I made $12,500 in sales, but the four months before that, I made a total of $700. But I still managed to pay myself consistently the same amount every month, and I maxed out my Roth IRA. And I just want to normalize that you're not always gonna make fuck tons of money all the time. But if you have a handle on managing your business finances, there are lots of ways that you can actually save money and protect yourself too so i invite you to join this class it's going to be free that again is january 18th bring yourself bring your questions ask questions because guaranteed if you have a question uh, somebody else in the class is going to as well so join for that i love helping my entrepreneur clients i signed a bunch of clients in december which I'm super excited to help them with their personal, but a lot of them are business owners too. So we're also working on nailing down those business finances so that you stop being so stressed out about managing your business money and more time marketing your business and selling your product or service uh, no matter what level you're at. So yeah, join that class and we'll see you there. I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, bye. Hey y'all, how's it going? Today I wanted to chat with you about banking. And the reason I want to chat with you about that is because I'm helping a fabulous client with her business, but also before helping her with her business finances, we got to get our cashola right and focus on our personal finances first because that is the base that you build off of your, your business finances off of. So my client this week has been working on opening her first high yield savings account with Ally and it was a struggle for her as a child of immigrants, uh, um, as an immigrant herself, especially coming from Latin America. A lot of my clients were either born in Latin America or their parents were and they were born here or they're not even first general like they they immigrated from Latin America too And as a Latin American immigrant myself, I totally understand the lack of trust in financial institutions and the lack of trust in governments, especially since governments, especially the governments all over. I was going to say especially in Central America, but then I'm thinking of the CIA coup in Chile, (laughs) like all over the U.S. and its capitalistic tentacles have invaded all parts of Latin America. And made sure that their regimes don't support communism and socialism because god forbid they don't support capitalism and private corporations taking over and privatizing resources from water to to oil to all of that jazz um but basically a lot of my clients come with that trauma of not trusting financial institutions and not really trusting u.s bank institutions but the inconvenient, yeah, convenient truth is that the U.S. government is stable because of the military-industrial complex. Like, there's no other country in the world that has so many military bases all over the world, and that's not to protect the people of America. That's to protect corporate interests. Okay, so the U.S., uh, while there's been political instability, there's still two main parties, the Republican and Democrat Party that have been in power that toggle over who are not that different from each other, but they are different in some ways. And politics in the U.S. is pretty much the lesser of two evils. I always vote Democrat. I will always vote for (laughs) the pro-human rights people, pro-reproductive rights people, pro-trans people, pro-immigrant people. Um, But in essence, I help a lot of clients reframe their trust around the U.S. banking institution, and I helped my client open up an ally account, and she was very nervous to do that because she was like, I, I feel better banking with physical branches, and most of my clients, I helped them convert from Wells Fargo to bank, from Wells Fargo, from Bank of America to online high-yield savings accounts, and there's a lot of discomfort with that because a lot of people I've worked with are kind of skeptical of why would i go from having a physical bank i can trust to just like an online bank and the reason for that is so that you get more interest back which does not grow your money a lot of people think that a higher interest rate grows your money but it really just makes sure that your cash does not lose value as quickly to inflation if you want to actually grow your money you have to invest it in the stock market over the long term and just keep putting money into the stock market, no matter if it's up or down, but being consistent with that and maximizing retirement accounts so you don't have to pay as much in taxes. That is how you make your money grow, as well as diversifying income streams, starting a side hustle, starting a business, asking for more money at your job, which does not make you a bad person. It's literally just allowing you to keep up with the pace of the rising cost of living. That's only going to get worse. The cost of things has only gone up. And so get your money. (laughs) And I want to debunk this myth that physical branches are better or safer because you can see them. And that's not true. Just because you can see a business physically does not mean that it doesn't have its own shit going on. Take Wells Fargo, for example. They have branches all over. They have their tentacles all over the U.S. And... People just go with them because they they are everywhere. It's like Starbucks. Like, you might be like, yeah, I don't want to go to Starbucks, but it's right there. I know what to expect, and I'm just gonna pay for overpriced bitter ass coffee. Um, I only get the nitro sometimes, but again, it's like it's right there. I know what to expect, but I don't love supporting a huge chain when I can support a lo- local coffee shop. But if I'm in a hurry and I don't want to face the decision fatigue of researching locally owned coffee shops when I'm about to go on a hike i'm thinking of this time i went on a hike with a friend in in south pasadena that area we went to starbucks because like we're we're tired (laughs) so i feel like the same reason a lot of people go to wells fargo because they don't want to research because they want to stay quote unquote safe and what that means for you is that you're going to get a shitty interest rate because Wells fargo does not care about putting more money in your pocket they care about keeping as much money in their pockets As shown by the ghost account scandal, this was a scandal that I actually researched and wrote a paper on in my social impact course, getting my online remote MBA that I got a full ride for. Thank God. If I'd had to pay for it, I would be pissed (laughs) because an MBA did not help me with my business at all. An MBA just helps you look better on paper for applying to jobs at the nine to five. And so I did a lot of research on Wells Fargo and I was like, damn, this company is fucked up. They basically opened millions of fake accounts for people. And especially, you know, they targeted BIPOC. They targeted uh, Mexican immigrants who did not speak English well. And they tricked them into opening up accounts so that the branch managers could get paid commissions because they were paid more the more accounts they opened. And so they created millions of fake accounts that people did not want to open that violated their consent. (laughs) And the U.S. government fined them and everything. They're under scrutiny from the U.S. government, but people know how fucked up Wells Fargo is. They know that their interest rates are crap, but they still bank there because they don't either want to make the effort of opening up another account. They still trust Wells Fargo, even though they're, they know they're crappy <laughs> and they don't really want to, or know how to research safer, better options. But I'll tell you right now with the advent of online banking, like ally, like Sitbank, all these online banks, they pass off the savings of not having to hire employees at physical branches, not having to have physical ATMs, and not doing all these physical brick and mortar things, which are expensive, and they pass those savings off to you. So you might get a shitty interest rate of like 0.02 at Wells Fargo. But if you park your money at Ally, an online bank, you're going to get, right now, I think the interest rate is 4.35%. And other online banks might have them even higher. But that's still a huge change. And you don't get dinged with minimums. There's no fees to have your money sitting there. The only drawback is that you can't deposit cash, but I feel like less and less people even need to deposit cash because we're such an online-based world anyway. So that's the only reason I would keep a, an account at Bank of America or Wells Fargo is literally just to deposit that cash and transfer it immediately to your Ally high-yield savings account, which is where I pay all my bills from. I don't have money sitting in a checking account because even an Ally, the checking account interest rates are trash. They're higher in the high-yield savings accounts, and what's great about that is that they increase the limit you can withdraw. It used to be six times a month you could withdraw without penalty from your high-yield savings account, and now they've upped it to 10, and that's that's an ally. I can't speak for other banks because I bank an ally, but I connect my credit cards directly from the high-yield savings account, and in case I do withdraw more than 10 times, I have another high yield savings account I've opened that's also connected to my credit cards in case I need to withdraw more than 10 times. So there's no reason to have a regular savings account when you can have a free high yield savings account. And in my opinion, there's no reason to park your cash anymore at a bank like Wells Fargo or Bank of America. Um, I grew up in Moses Lake, Washington, and we banked at Bank of America because that was just like a big-ass bank. It was the biggest one in town. We didn't know better. And then lo and behold, that bank ended up shutting down. They closed that branch. People lost their jobs, and I remember we had to move to a U.S. bank or a different bank in town as well, too. Bank of America hasn't gone bankrupt because they clearly (laughs) are keeping a lot of their profits which that's the goal of a corporation but since they do have to pay to have all these ATMs all over they're going to pass less of that profit on to you and I suspect it hasn't changed because it's what I'm saying like this bank is in business to make money and keep most of its money not to pass off the savings off to you but I had my first credit card at Bank of America. I had my debit card with them because I didn't know any better. And I remember that as a client, if I wanted to take out cash with my debit card, I'd have to find a Bank of America ATM. If not, I would get dinged. If I used any other ATM, like a Wells Fargo ATM, they would charge me like a $3 fee, which is absurd <laughs> that I have to take pay money to take out my own money. And then through Facebook, I found out about the Charles Schwab debit card, which doesn't charge you any ATM fees or foreign transaction fees. And since then, I have not gone back. That is my only debit card I use to take out cash, especially when I'm traveling, because Mexico, for my weekly massages, I pay in cash, so I have to take out pesos. But the great thing about that card is that I get basically nothing charged for foreign transaction fees, and I don't have to take out U.S. cash. I don't have to get it exchanged. I don't have to pay an absurd exchange rate. When I go to the ATMs here, I'll go to banks like Banorte. I like that one a lot because they charge low fee, even though I get my fee reimbursed immediately now, which is great. They used to take a month to reimburse you, but now you get reimbursed immediately. And one thing one of my roommates in Playa del Carmen when I lived there taught me was that you need to reject the conversion rate because these ATMs, they'll ask you, do you want to pay three or four bucks or five or six bucks, some of them for, yeah you know, just as an ATM fee. And then in addition, in the next window, they'll ask you, for example, oh, you want to take out 500 pesos, will this will at our conversion rate charge you $35? And I learned to always decline their conversion rate because they want to make money off of you. (laughs) I've learned to decline that conversion, which feels weird. It still feels weird when I do it because it feels like it's going to decline the whole transaction, but it doesn't. You're just declining that bank's conversion rate and going with your own bank's conversion rate. So I always decline whatever ATM's conversion rate they're asking me for. And then I always get Schwab's conversion rate, which I'm basically charged nothing for. So I refuse to pay money to take out my own cash and you should too. <laughs> the Charles Schwab debit card, you can connect it to a brokerage investment account or to a checking account, but interest rates at, in Schwab Bank are not good. So that's why if I need to take out cash, I'll transfer cash from my Ally high yield savings account so that... It has that good interest rate until i need to take out cash i'll transfer it over and then i'll take out cash uh, with my charles schwab card so what i'm trying to let you know is that i connect everything from my high yield savings account even though i don't have a lot of cash i invest aggressively in the stock market i have a lot of cash in my business bank account but this is how rich people treat their cash they keep it parked with high interest rates as long as possible until the last second that they need to take out the cash because as soon as it leaves the high yield savings account, it's not gonna be earning interest f- for you at all. So it's less about taking cash at the last minute because you don't have it and then more about taking cash out at the last minute because you want it to sit there and earn interest as long as humanly possible. So that's a big mindset shift that I've had on my wealth building journey to make your cash work for you. And then with that knowledge, you can take that and make your investments work for you in your retirement accounts and prioritize those instead of just investing in a taxable brokerage account. You should absolutely prioritize investing in your employer-sponsored 401k if you have one and get that match. If your employer matches 5%, you should match 5% because that's free money. And that's the bare minimum. If you wanna retire early, then you should be putting more of your paycheck into your 401k. Um, and just ask them, uh, how much of my paycheck can I put into my 401k to max it out so that I don't get penalized? One of my clients, fortunately, has a 401k system where it automatically shuts off her contributions when she's maxed out that account, which is great. But I think you should call HR to cover your ass because there's nothing worse than maxing out a retirement account and finding out that you're putting in too much money and getting penalized because that extra money you could be investing in another account or investing in a business or using to, to fund a vacation to reward yourself for building wealth and taking a break so there's so many possibilities that you can use with your money but it's still important to be intentional with it when it's parked somewhere via cash via a savings account so I hope that this has helped you reframe things and to start shifting your thinking from thinking that, oh, physical branches are better or safer because they're not. Wells Fargo scammed millions of people into creating fake ghost accounts and they were slapped on the wrist by the government, but they're still in business for the reasons I talked about, just because a lot of people don't know better or don't want to switch banks. Um, and the last thing I'll say, if you are researching high yield savings accounts and you're on the website and you're kind of nervous about it, what I always do is I always check if any bank I have never heard about is FDIC insured. At the bottom, they should all say that they're FDIC insured, which they insure up to a certain amount. It's I think it's a couple hundred thousand dollars by the federal government. So and this is for cash. So in case that bank does go bankrupt, if Bank of America does fail or Wells Fargo fails or Ally Bank does fail, the federal government insures up to a certain amount of cash so that that bank might fail and go bankrupt and go kaput, but the federal government will give you your cash too. It's not like that for savings accounts. It's a bit different for savings accounts. Um, But always check to make sure that Any bank you park your cash at is FDIC-insured. It should have that at the bottom of the website. So if you enjoyed learning about how to be intentional about cash and I've helped you rewire your brain in a different way to think about cash, I invite you to work with me one-on-one. I love helping my clients walk them through being intentional with all of their money, and I am taking clients right now. Right now, my program is for three months at a time. We would meet every two weeks and come up with a tailored financial plan for you. All my clients have access to WhatsApp me, and I love keeping the conversations going uh, off the Zoom calls, too. Like that client I told you about who was nervous about opening up the Ally account, she just sent me a text. And I love it when my clients send me their wins, how they're pushing through despite the discomfort, because... They want to be financially independent and they want to be informed and just feel better about their money. And I work with clients of all income levels. I work with millionaires. I work with folks who have a lot of debt, who they want to crush their debt so that they can have a net worth in the positive. So yeah, I love helping clients of all levels build wealth and feel better about their money. So you can book a call to chat with me if you're ready to get started working with me at the link in the show notes, and we'll see you there. Have a great day. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax-certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.